Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the first episode ever of Live an Extraordinary Life. I am so excited to finally be launching this podcast. My name is Tim Bishop, and this podcast serves as a guide to help you define what an extraordinary life is for yourself. And this first episode is going to be a fun one because I am actually going to take you through my journey to now and why I am even starting this podcast. I figured if somebody listened to this episode, they'd have a pretty good idea if they're going to be interested in listening to this podcast in the future. And my journey is a journey that you will want to be following. So what I'm going to do is just back it up a couple years and I'm going to give you kind of the brief overall highlights and summaries. Don't worry, it's not going to be too long, but I'm just going to share with you some things that were pretty profound that happened in my life that have led me to this podcast and to kind of my mission and purpose going forward. So it all started a couple years ago, freshman and sophomore year of my college experience at University of Wisconsin-Madison. And for those of you who don't know me, I just graduated, so this is not that long ago. And I was working on a project called Smile on Wisconsin, and we're really all about trying to spread good vibes on campus, help people who were struggling with the transition to college, and really just trying to be a positive light in people's day. And we did this through clothing. The idea was you can wear a smile to share a smile. Looking back at it, I realizing that it was really nothing huge. You know, at the time I thought it was, oh, I'm this big entrepreneur, but now I'm realizing that a lot of freshmen and sophomore college students sell clothing. It doesn't exactly make you an entrepreneur, but I learned a lot through the experience. And the main thing that I learned was that, wow, I really enjoyed this idea of giving, of spreading good energy, of having some sort of purpose-driven work or project that you are working on. And it really stuck with me. We were working on that for a couple of years. And basically, you know, I mean, you're young, 17, 18, 19 years old. And some of the guys I was working on it with kind of stopped working on it due to, you know, they found different things. They were moving on. It wasn't a huge project to begin with. But I ended up being kind of the last one there of the original four. It was kind of up to me to decide, well, do I want to continue to do this? Do I want to try to keep building this brand called Smile On? And what could I do with this? Or do I want to shut it down and think about what the next thing could be? So I decided to shut it down. I got this brand brilliant idea of being an investment banker. It's really funny looking back on because it is really the complete opposite of what I was doing, which was creative work, work face-to-face with people and something that I was really passionate about. And investment banking didn't really fill any of those buckets. I think one of the things about me that I've definitely realized is that, you know, I just really want to be good at things. And I think for the longest time in my life, I was stuck in that trap of wanting to be good relative to the people around me. Probably actually great is a better word. I wanted to be great relative to the people around me and I didn't exactly care what it was. So I always just wanted to get good grades. I always wanted to do well in the things that I was doing and I just wanted to excel. I wanted to be good. And I knew that this was one of the most prestigious clubs in Madison to get into the investment banking club. So I thought I was like, yeah, I can get into this like for sure. And I worked my butt off and I got in and I was like, sweet. Okay, let's do this. I completely reframed my life's plan within the context of investment banking. So I think my intentions were the same. I thought to myself, okay, I'll go be an investment banker for a couple of years. I will make a lot of money. I'll learn a lot about how to start a business and then I will leave and I will go on and I will start a business around something that I'm really passionate about. And in theory, it seemed like a good idea. But I learned really quickly that you can't fake things internally for too long. This idea of fake it till you make it is... There, there might be some truth in that, 
but it needs to be something that you want to make it in, right? So I was trying to fake it in an industry that I didn't really care about. And it's not because of all the stigmas around investment banking. You know, a lot of my friends are actually investment bankers and I'm very happy for them and I think it's a great fit for them. It's just because that that specific role wasn't going to be a right fit for me. This isn't going to be an investment banking rant and how you shouldn't do investment banking. I think if it's right for you, you should do it. But it wasn't right for me. And I realized that I stayed in the club and I kept working this job that I had that wasn't investment banking, but it was in Madison and it was kind of trying to prepare me to get a job in investment banking as an intern. I was doing it and I was doing it and I was doing it. And one day I kind of looked around. So we had a club meeting and I looked around and I said to myself, wow, I do not want to be here. And it wasn't just like that, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to be at this club meeting right now. It was, no, no, this is not for me. I don't want to do investment banking. I don't want to work at this job I'm working at. And I sure as hell don't want to go do this for the next three to four years of my life. I remember I called my dad and I told him, I was like, dad, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to quit this investment banking club. And he was just kind of like, all right. So this job was supposed to be my internship for that summer. And in the business school, having an internship is is the biggest badge of honor that <laughs> that you could get, right? Everyone wants to have an internship, which is reasonable. It's fair. It's like you want to have something good on your resume to go forward to do something better next. Well, just so happened that I quit the job right as the summer was beginning. Now I was heading back home. So I was going to stay in Madison all summer. I was heading back home to Minneapolis. I really had no plan, but I felt extremely free. I think I learned a good lesson there was that in life, we're on this path and it seems like it's going to be scary to jump off that path and change course. But when you do, you feel it's like you feel incredible. You feel like, wow, that was not scary at all. And I actually feel like now I can do anything. Now the, the doors are back open to me exploring new things in life. I don't know if this was luck or this was me getting rewarded for following following the internal feelings I was having about not being satisfied with the work that I was currently doing or the path that I was currently on, but I decided to reach out to an old, to an old connection. So when I was working on the Smile on Clothing, I had met Troy Vossler, and Troy was the founder of Scani Nation Clothing. If you go to Madison, you know what Scani Clothing is. If you don't go to Madison or didn't go to Madison, I'm sorry for you because it is an incredible school. He was the founder of this company called Generator, and Generator was a startup accelerator company who basically invests in different startups and puts them through 14-week programs of mentoring and guiding and tries to help them grow and raise more money at the end of the day. So I reached out to him and it turned out they were just opening up a Minneapolis office and I went in just to meet the guy and have a conversation with him. He ended up offering me a job at the end of the meeting. I just felt like things were happening how they were supposed to be happening. I was like, okay, this is awesome. I left investment banking and I'm realizing that we have a lot of options in our life. I'm realizing that at a very young age, kids seem to funnel themselves into a choice they made when they were either a freshman or sophomore on what they want to do with their lives and kind of stick to it. In that investment banking club too, I felt like I also saw a lot of people around me who, who maybe wanted to do the same, who wanted to quit, but just didn't do it. And I really started to realize that one of my passions in life is to help people figure out what those passions are and to help them get rid of those fears they have about making the jumps into a life that they truly want to live, not one that they're living just because people around them are living. So I'm really, I'm realizing all these things. I go back to Minnesota, I have an incredible summer. It was awesome working with a bunch of young startups. I had the opportunity of working with a founder, um, Adam Iverson and Matt Stang, two founders of Swanee's 
Peril. And these guys were both just awesome, super young guys, uh, young founders working on a millennial golf apparel company. Just being in their presence and learning from them was huge for me. And I went back to Madison for my junior year, ready to kind of take on the year. I was going abroad that year to Thailand for about six months. While I was out over in Bangkok, really a lot happened to me. I think a lot of my friends gave me shit when I came back because you know, I, I think I was different and I still am different. Uh, it's, it's hard not to be. The, the idea that people go, oh, abroad changed my life. Well, yes, that's generally a true statement. But I mean, a lot of things in quotation marks change your life. But I believe that life is this big spider web and everything we do influences us. Everyone we meet influences us. It's all one big journey that's growing us into the person that we will become. So when you go do something like live in Southeast Asia for six months, when you grew up and have gone to school in the Midwest of America, like, yes, you are going to change, you are going to grow, and you are going to learn a lot. And one of the main things that I feel like I learned in Thailand was that people do life in a million different ways. I showed up and I was living in this international living apartment where there was 140 exchange students. Now, only about 13 of those were Americans and the rest were from all over the world. So I was fortunate to have friends from, geez, Canada, Spain, Italy, Germany, Norway, Taiwan, Thailand, obviously, some friends from California, some friends from England. I mean, I could go on and on, but basically all over the world, Mexico, just by having conversations with them over the course of six months and learning about where they're from and hearing their stories, I started to realize that, wow, there is a lot of ways to do life. And it seems like we tend to follow the environment that we live in. And that is so reasonable. Like we humans are, or at least societies are and the decision-making within societies are crafted by the environment, the culture. So I look around to see what everyone else is doing, and I do that because that's what's easiest. That's what makes sense. But I started to realize that, wow, okay, you know, in theory, this is good. It makes it easier for people because we just kind of do what everyone else is doing, and we, we kind of make it our own a bit, and we make our own choices. But generally, we follow the same patterns as people in the, in the United States. So at least for me, in the, in the School of Business at the University of Wisconsin, the path was very similar for most students, which makes which makes sense. But again, I was meeting all these people and I was seeing all these things that we could do with our lives. And I just kind of got this feeling inside of me that I was, I was really made to do something different than the school of business was telling me to do. I started to get even a bigger exposure to some of these bigger world problems that I felt like I was getting really passionate about. I mean, when you're in Southeast Asia, there's a lot of pollution issues. You know, you really see it firsthand. People are wearing masks in a city and you're like, holy shit, these people can't even breathe the air in their city. This isn't good. Like something's clearly wrong here. You see the simplicity of life there. And I know I'm just was a tourist and I didn't see all the complications, but the culture that's more based on community rather than individualism, or you're focused more on having a family and, and food and shelter and, and kind of more of those simple basic needs rather than going off and like doing your own thing and, and getting money and building a bunch of wealth financially. Kind of a different approach to life. I'm not saying one is better or worse, but I think they both have pros and cons and it's worth acknowledging the pros and cons. So at this point, trips coming to an end, I'm just starting to realize that there is a lot of good in different ways of doing life. It's tough to label one thing all good or all bad. So I think there's a ton of good things about the American culture and the American system and how we do things. I think there is a reason why a lot of people want to come live in this country. There's a reason why a lot of people have found a lot of success in this country. 
I think that we've gotten a little bit confused by saying that America is a developed country and that there's third world developing countries because I think that we still have a lot of developing to do in our culture and our society. There's a lot of problems that are becoming really important. Environmental one, mental health being two, just general job satisfaction. I mean, you can see it in a lot of different things um, that's happening in the current events of our society. It's showing me that we are not developed. We are still developing. We have a long ways to go. And there's going to need to be people who are willing to play a role in the development of humanity. I kind of started to realize, like, I think I kind of want to be one of these people. I really do. I want to be somebody who was a part of the next generation of human development. That was kind of a cool thing to acknowledge for me. It's not saying that I'm an expert or that I think that I know more than anyone else around me at my age of 21 years old, but it's just acknowledging that this is something that I want to be a part of. This is the purpose-driven work starting way back beginning of the story that maybe I was looking for. So the bummer kind of was, is I got back from Thailand with this new profound awakening. I had an internship already lined up for me. So I went to a company called Evative Group in Minneapolis. It was a marketing firm. And by all means, again, it was a great job. People there were great. The opportunity was great, but I definitely didn't put my heart and soul into it because I I knew what I wanted to do and I knew this wasn't it. And it probably wasn't the best mindset to have going into the summer, but I knew that I was had my mindset on on just different things. I don't want to say bigger and better, but on my own terms, it was bigger and better. On my own terms, it was following my own calling, my own passions. The people who loved that were supposed to be innovative, but I don't, again, I don't think I was that person. You know, I didn't thrive there because I was like, I'm being called again elsewhere. I'm being called elsewhere, and I know that. So I showed up to my senior year, and I made this internal pledge, which I didn't really tell a lot of people. Maybe only my my brother and like one or two of my friends. But I told myself, I'm not going to apply to any jobs my senior year. And it sounds really funny, but I was like, I'm not going to apply to any the jobs that the school business is is telling me to apply for because I know it's not what I want. I know that it is a world that I don't want to be living in. And I know that I have this bigger desire and passion. So I said, commit your senior year to diving into your why, to diving into this passion and purpose and what it could look like and find different things that fall into this, like, how can I be a part of human development? What does that even mean? How how do you advance society? Like these are really big thoughts. Like what are some tangible things that I can go do? It's like go start trying stuff and like see what happens. So I had this new lens and I was looking for things and I was talking to people. And again, this was, I think, life sending me a gift because this is not something that I even sought out. It just it just kind of came to me. And my brother actually was at filming a wedding. He's a videographer and he happened to meet two life coaches. And at the time, I didn't really know what a life coach was. I have had this like obsession with Tony Robbins my whole life. And I know he's kind of like this dude who who goes and like changes people's lives apparently, but I still don't even know what that means, right? I'm not exactly sure. So I, my brother meets these life coaches and I have the opportunity to go meet them. And right when I met them, I was like, wow, I was supposed to meet these two. What I learned about life coaching or what they call themselves would be life design coaches is it's not 
like you're telling someone the answers to life and saying, this is what you have to do. Here's here's the playbook. It's more of helping provide them frameworks and decision-making tools, being a professional question asker, honestly, and helping them figure out what's already inside of them, what their callings are, how they can best design their life to find joy, joy and gratitude and fulfillment, how to optimize their relationships or that sounds very business-like, but how to get the most out of their relationships and be a good friend, a good partner, a good family member. And it's really more about just helping somebody and being there for someone and to help them live their best life in quotation marks, right? So imagine like a coach in sports. You have a coach, not because you don't know how to play your sport. So I played basketball. So there, I know how to play basketball, but your coach is helping you refine your skill, helping you see things that you don't see and helping push you probably harder than you would push yourself on your own. So I saw this, I was starting to get really interested in this idea. I started actually freelance working for them and helping them trying to build a brand that they are working on. And this was my first step into the door. I said, okay, I'm on the right path here. Through this process, I started helping work with my brother as well. So my brother had this videography company. So I started helping him and some of the clients that he was working with, I started doing some freelance work with them. Again, I was getting closer and closer, but at the same time, you know, things were were pretty interesting for me because, and again, I haven't really told a lot of my friends this, so if you're listening to this, you may be a little bit surprised, but, you know, senior year wasn't really all sunshine and rainbows for me. It was hard because a lot of my friends already had full-time jobs lined up after graduation, so their mindset was just different than mine because theirs was, let's hang out, let's have fun, let's enjoy this to the fullest and just be kids 100% of the time. And I'm very grateful and happy for them that they got to do that experience because it sounds like it probably was really enjoyable. But for me, it was this inner conflict always of like, I want to do that. But at the same time, like, I got to figure my stuff out. Like I'm freelancing a little bit and making some money, but I'm about to graduate. I'm about to go like off into the world and try to like figure it out on my own, apparently, right? I kind of was like on this, like, I got to do it myself sort of mindset. And I got to figure out my passion and purpose and Definitely was very impatient looking back at it. This is only about six to 12 months ago, but I learned a lot by doing that. And I think going through that helped me grow as a person and helped me understand that it's not going to be easy following this passion and this purpose, but I got to keep going. I got to keep doing it. So over the course of the last six months since I've graduated. I've got to travel a lot. I got to see new things. I've got to continue to work on these projects and meet a lot of people who are interested in the same things that I'm interested in. It's funny, you know, I think there's this idea of of networking. People go and you try to meet a bunch of people. You hope that one of them sticks. And the funny thing that I've been finding about and I kind of believe in this sort of stuff, but putting a certain energy out into the universe, you know, I feel like I was putting an energy out into the universe that was all around a certain aura, a certain vibe, a certain like, I want to figure out what my dream life is, I want to find my passions, I want to find my why. And it seemed like the universe was sending me people that I needed to meet. Again, over the course of the last four months, I've met a few select individuals that I think are going to be a big part of my future that I don't think I would have ever met if I wasn't going down this path and down this journey. And I've really started to think more and more about just the idea of patience and just the idea that there's really, there's no timeline for people and that taking things slowly, like I, I guess I'm doing, I'm working just as much as any person, if not probably more. So I don't mean like slowly as in like, I'm not working towards something, but I mean slowly as in like, you don't need to pick something 
and say, this is my thing. I'm going all out. It's happening. This is it. You can try stuff. You can learn. You can play around with things and be willing to be open to new ideas because there's really a slim chance. I think like, you know, five to 10% of people probably really know like, this is exactly what I want to do. This is exactly it. So I think it's extremely important at a young age to have an open mind and to try stuff and be willing to say, hey, I don't have to just like decide right now that this is what I want to do. But at the forefront of your brain, you should be always thinking like, how does this play into my bigger picture? And I think it's really important to live in the moment. So I'm not saying always live in the future, but I think it's important to reflect. Reflect on what you're doing and if it's taking you towards a place that you want to go. And if it's not, that's okay. Or like if the current path you're on isn't like the exact perfect thing, that's okay. But just acknowledge that and understand that there's going to be something new that you're going to want to try. So keep your eyes open for that. Start to like understand more and more what those deeper callings are. and You'll more and more be able to understand where you want to go and how you want to get there. Again, over the course of this last year, I've really been diving into my why and what I like. And I've been patiently waiting and kind of building this vision that I see for myself in the future. And it's been really awesome because I've started to identify some things that I really like. Speaking, writing, just communication, coaching, storytelling, building some high impact brands, all these things I'm extremely interested in. Like I said, I've identified something big. I want to be a part of the next generation of human development. To me, that is a profound statement because I'm like, this is actually what I think my calling is. This is, I want to be out there in the world with people helping them develop and helping shape the next generation of human beings. I want to help people figure out what an extraordinary life is for them. That's kind of what led me to this podcast because I've always been into personal development and self-help and whatever you want to call it. I've talked about it with so many people and I've had incredible conversations. One of the, the big parts of my journey has definitely been this group called the Daydreamers. So I, I'm blessed to have a lot of incredible friends. And it just so happened that there was a group of guys in Minneapolis that really all just shared some similar values of community and purpose and health and togetherness in life. And with this group, I started, we started meeting weekly and just talking about, you know, one person was trying to quit their job. My brother was trying to start a video business. I was about to graduate. And we just started forming this kind of support system where every week we met up and we would just talk about this stuff. The conversations became so profound over time. One of the things that eventually, as we all were actually in Ireland this past May and were able to travel together and spend an incredible 10 days together visiting one of our friends who was living in Galway, one of my lifelong uh, personal best friends, one of the guys had said something saying, the world doesn't need more people doing things they don't want to do and doing it in a subpar way. The world needs more people who are following their gifts and their passions and giving something extraordinary to the world. And I thought about that and I said, that's exactly what I want to help people do. I want to help them figure out what an extraordinary life is for them because it'll not only make their own lives better, it will not only help them and, and their health and their well-being and their general level of enjoyment in life, but it'll help everyone around them, their friends, their family, society, who knows what. When you chase that dream of yours, you are making everyone else's life around you better because you are more fully alive and you are more fully capable of giving your true gifts to the world. So in that, I started to acknowledge, okay, well, how can I start sharing and helping people? Well, I figured if I internally am committing to being a lifelong learner and explorer, 
then all I got to do to start is just start sharing what I'm learning on my own, right? So I'm right here with you. I'm I'm no guru. I'm no expert. I'm just a 22-year-old kid who wants to make a mark on the world, wants to share with you what I learned through that process. So as I say in my introduction episode, I want to share the knowledge and wisdom of all people out there who are already studying personal development and successful habits and what it really means to be human. I think that a lot of us want to be happy. We'll use that word very loosely, but a lot of us want to be happy. And I think it's interesting that there's a difference between wanting to be happy and committing to living in a beautiful state, saying, I want to commit to doing things that are going to make my life better. And this doesn't mean that you're some perfect robot and you only follow life by a certain rule book, but it's just saying, I want to commit to saying, how can I level up in life? What does living an extraordinary life even look like for me? So I want to help share the knowledge and research of people that are around the world already doing this kind of work. I want to interview people who are on a path to an extraordinary life, and I want to just take all the beautiful juices out of their life story and give them to you, the habits they use, the failures that they've bounced back from and learned from, the people they've met. I want you to be able to hear those stories and to have them impact you. I think that there's a lot of powers and a power in stories, and I've always loved having deep, intimate conversations with people, so I'm really excited to be able to share some of those conversations with you. And then finally, just being able to talk about my own journey, right? As I said, I'm committed to this right now. I'm only 22 years old and I'm gonna do this the rest of my life and sharing with you the experiments that I do, the things that I go through and being able to just share my learnings and the things that I'm going to as I try to live an extraordinary life, you know? And I, and I think that the big thing with this, again, is that there's no timeline for what that really means. And I don't think we'll ever like fully get there like I think there's this illusion that when we get somewhere in life we'll be happy when I get this I'll be happy when I get that job I'll be happy when I do this I'll be happy it's like it doesn't really work like that I think living an extraordinary life is more of a commitment to the lifelong pursuit of it because in that sense you're committing to a life of growth whether that's in relationships and health in joy and fulfillment and gratitude you're committing to a life that you love now, at the end of the day, we should all commit to living a life that we love because that just makes sense for us and for the people around us. I'm going to go on this journey and I hope someday, I will someday get these certifications and coaching and I want to hope to be on big stages someday and I will be on big stages someday, I know, because I'm, I just believe in my journey and in my calling to do this kind of work. But again, right now, I'm here with you. I'm a learner and I'm someone who wants to share all the things that I learned with you and it'll help you figure out what an extraordinary life is for you. So if this is a journey you're interested in following, subscribe to the podcast. I'll be sharing stuff weekly. I will be going out into the world and meeting awesome people. And I want you to benefit from those things that I'm doing, those things that I'm learning from. Thank you for listening to me share my story. I've never really done this before in this sort of format. And it's kind of exciting to be able to put this out into the world and to have people understand how I'm viewing things and what I want to do with my life going forward. So thanks for tuning in. I hope that you join me in the lifelong pursuit of living an extraordinary life.